Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week we look at Lesson 5, Noble Prince of Peace, in preparation for Sabbath January 30th. Join us as we look at Isaiah chapter 9, 10, and 11 and explore how the Prince of Peace is actually the one to set us free. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Go for it. All right, uh, yet another week, Michael, Noble Prince of Peace, Lesson 5. Our memory text comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Once again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Amen, right? Absolutely. I mean, what what is Jesus and the whole scripture all about, right? Yeah. Uh, yet another prophetic uh, uh, happening that's here in the book of Isaiah. And so, uh, Michael, can you share with us what Sunday's lesson is talking about? End of gloom for Galilee. Well, you know, last week we were really looking at how things were looking pretty gloomy for uh, for the children of Israel yes. uh, in ancient times. Uh, things were a, a deep sense of foreboding, uh, imminent destruction was uh, at hand. And then, um, so you, you see very clearly uh, there's a... Uh, I don't know. If I was back then, I'd probably be pretty depressed, to be honest. I mean, all of all of the terrible things that are happening. And then all of a sudden, uh, chapter 9 uh, is a uh, paradigm shift. Mm. Just a complete reversal of what's been going on. In fact, the author of the lesson uh, points out at the very beginning uh, of, of this chapter, there is a... Uh, but nevertheless, you know, a contrast yes. from what's before to what is coming now. And so this is, um, this is really huge. And uh, then we have this beautiful uh, promise. And I, I like this because um, after all this darkness uh, in the past, it says, verse 2, um, by the way, I'm reading from the NIV, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Mm. And so if you've ever been out in the dark and then suddenly see the light, uh, it's just so heartwarming. I'll, I'll just tell you a really quick story. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> but years ago, um, I, I love national parks. And so I wanted to go see Yosemite. Yeah. My younger sister had climbed Half Dome. Mm. So kind of rubbed it in that her older brother um, had not. <laughs> <laughs> little little friendly competition there, right? Sibling rivalry, right? <laughs> and uh, so some years later, I had the chance to go up there. Yeah. And so I wanted to climb Half Dome. And I did. I, I, I made it all the way up to the top. But I kind of got go. a, a little bit of a late start, okay. Buster. Okay. Because uh, by the time I was heading off the trail, there were people coming back from Uh-oh. having left early that morning. Uh-oh. And so I had some snacks and water and everything else, but I and I made it up to the top as the sun was setting. It was so beautiful. It was glorious. Uh-oh. But man, the sun was setting. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized I better get moving. And there were some other people up there and they had flashlights, they had equipment, and I thought I'll just hang out with them on the way down. 
Yeah. Problem was, is I never could catch up to them. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm always behind. And eventually they actually in the dark scaled down the waterfall and climbed down on the rock face and I stayed on the trail. So it eventually figured out why I couldn't find them. Oh, wow. But let me tell you, you're going through the woods. It's dark. You can't see anything. You bump into trees with your head. You trip over rocks. You're trying to find the trail. You know there's bears Michael. out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and, and then suddenly in the distance, I see the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> And there is one... <laughs> light just one light yeah yeah. and i walked towards that light i went in that bathroom and i closed i put my back against the door i didn't want to get eaten by a bear no <laughs> i just basked in feeling that there was light after being in so much darkness yes and i think that's really what's going on here it's a long story i'm sorry but no 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 just yes. had to share because i think it's just so I, I think of this when i think of the darkness to the light when we really see the light and our need of the light, how precious that is. Amen. You know, and that's that's the thing. Maybe some people are going through some darkness right now in their lives. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Jesus is that still that light. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, so continue on. Uh, it says, whom does God use to deliver his people? Yeah, that's a great question. So if we just move down to verses 6 and 7, a great promise here. Yeah. One of the more famous passages of the book of Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Amen. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this and uh you know we've been talking about isaiah who had a literal son you know so so there are some actually literal applications all the way back to isaiah but really what most people right away turn to is the messianic the the prophetic nature of this looking forward to jesus as the savior who will ultimately deliver his people from amen. sin amen you know that that's amazing uh, mm-hmm. as you read that it says uh, how was this prophecy of Isaiah 9, 1 through 5 filled? Mm-hmm. Well, it's this promise, this yeah. forever promise, right? Forever. And so uh, that gloom. Jesus. Uh, uh, yeah, that gloom actually yeah. turned to brightness because of the light of Christ. Love it. Amen. Love it. So this actually leads us to Monday's lesson, A Child for Us. And it asks this question. It says, yeah. according to Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, what is special about the child found in these verses? Mm. Well, because we have hindsight, <laughs> we can say everything is special about this of child. Of course. Right. But yep. one of the key things I want to focus in on there is, mm-hmm. is this term forever. Uh, mm-hmm. The zeal of the Lord will perform this, mm-hmm. that forever, even forever. Uh, so Jesus is going to reign forever. Yeah. That's different than any other ruler that we've ever had. Uh, recently, we had an inauguration of a new president in four mm-hmm. more years. Yeah. Probably receive a new president, right? That's uh, right. Absolutely. Uh, well, absolutely. They won't re- uh, go past two terms. For sure. And so, But we have this king, this, this ruler mm-hmm. that's going to reign forever and ever. And uh, that's also what's special about him is um, the fulfillment, right? So this promise was made. And then Luke chapter 2, verse 11. I just want to go there. And I'll be reading in the uh, ESV version, English Standard Version. And it says this. So let me, let me go there, make sure I have it. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Uh, someone who is actually from the Davidic uh, reign, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's actually reigning there. And we see 
that the attributes of this child, the fulfillment of mm -hmm. scripture, Matthew, Luke, uh, they all talk about how this scripture immediately was fulfilled and that we can, we can concentrate on this. We can uh, praise God for this and also still uh, rely on this child that was born, that lived and died and sacrificed himself and is now our high priest for us. So it's good news all the way around. Mm, so, mm. so Michael, tell us a little bit about Tuesday's lesson, the rod of God's anger. Well, you know, we've been kind of going back and forth with this theme that uh, who is God, God's character. And, um, you know, so this sounds rather stern, you know, the rod of God's anger. But uh, what is very clear in Isaiah, and we keep coming back to, is that there eventually will be accountability, right? Yes, so, there will. Uh, and, and accountability for sin. Uh, we're, uh, you know, referred to Leviticus chapter uh, 26, where God has warned them uh, to be faithful to him. Mm -hmm. And if they are not, that there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. And so God has set up uh, judges over them to provide spiritual leadership as well as uh, obviously governmental leadership as well. And so you have this sort of uh, system of accountability. We call it a theocracy because God is the one that's ultimately in charge. Obviously, they kind of the Israelites go off on their own, of course, um, with the wanting to have a king and everything. But uh, at least as as God established it at, there at the beginning, there's this this system that's in place, and um, and and when they're faithful to Him and they're listening and paying attention, things are going well. And and when not, there there is un unfortunately consequences. We don't like to talk about that, but. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think this kind of relates to the world in which we live. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of the recent inauguration. Uh, you know, I've been looking on social media. There's uh, some people with absolute euphoria and other people with absolute who have been absolutely crushed. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that that kind of that back and forth that that happens. Um, but I, I do think there um you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is trying to remove myself from the media of the politics, looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the, the challenges we have seen and observed is that the words that we have have consequences. Ouch. You can't just say anything that you want. No. Um, and so, you know, all this, you know, there was all these questions about uh, fraud and the election. Well, you got to show the evidence. Otherwise, now there are lawsuits, all of these kinds of things. And, and the reason I, I'm, I'm bringing this up is because um, the, the same thing's true with God in a spiritual sense, that in a moral sense, um, okay. that goes much deeper than that, is that, um, which have eternal consequences, is that how we live our lives, the, the everyday little things that... Um, God cares how we live our lives. He does. And, um, and, he, and he's involved. Right? He is. He's engaged. And, and so this is what's happening with Israel, um, that they have committed a number of different um, sins that are actually listed here in chapter 9 through the beginning of verse uh, chapter 10. Um, without having to go into all of those different things, but they, they've kind of lost sight of God. And when you lose sight of God, you begin to oppress your fellow person. You mm. oppress the animals. You don't take care of the things around you. Um, Isaiah is kind of actually a little bit um, quite descriptive and even graphic, I would say, uh, warning us um, against the things that Israel did. And so um, ultimately there come to be consequences uh, for Israel 
um, as there are as there is for most of life if yeah. we really are honest with ourselves it's very true yeah yeah uh, thank you Michael for, for sharing that because we, we hate hearing the word consequence right and yeah. sometimes there's there's good consequences as well true. You know, yeah. they're not always bad but uh, one thing we have to do is take an examination of our lives and mm-hmm. wonder where we are yeah and find out where we are and try to have self-corrective measures by yeah. listening to the Word of God right uh-huh. Uh, so this kind of brings us back to uh, Isaiah chapter 11, Wednesday's lesson, the root and branch in one, mm-hmm. uh, talking about self-corrective measures. Uh, God actually corrected the, the stature of, uh, of, of the children of Israel by saying, you know what, I'm going to do something for you. And uh, Isaiah uh, 11 verse 1, yeah. once again, the ESV uh, version yeah. says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the, the lesson brings up this question, why the stump of Jesse? Well, this was David's father. Yeah. Showing once again the Davidic uh, promise, right? The yeah. messianic promises coming from the root of Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I love this. Uh, brings up Revelation 22, verse 16, but it says, the author of the lesson says, so Christ was David's ancestor as well as his descendant. Wow. Right? Just yeah. think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the power of God. And you know, we talked about his yeah. interweaving in our lives. It's not just the big picture, but the little picture as well. Mm-hmm. God is involved. Uh, mm-hmm. He wants to be involved. Uh, it says, in what ways does the new Davidic ruler reverse the evil effects of sin mm. and apostasy? Yeah. Uh, 11 verse 6 says, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion. Uh, and the lion, the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. Mm. Right? Showing this this promise of peace mm-hmm. that passes all understanding of lion that's laying with the calf. Listen, yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. A lion will eat a calf, right? Yeah. yeah. It just, it's just going to happen. But eventually it's saying that, uh, I, I believe this is pointing towards the new earth. Yeah. That when Christ comes back and the, establishes the new earth uh, after the millennium, that there's going to be this peace that once again passes everything that we can uh, we can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then talking about the first coming of Christ, just uh, or just the second coming, it's asking which one is this. It says, look through prophecy and mark down which text talks about uh, his coming. Well, this is this is showing a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. This is showing his overall uh, peace, but also the first time and the second time yeah. of what Christ is going to do, and we can depend on this Davidic ruler. This messianic promise. Love it. Love it. Well, moving right on to chapter 12, we have a beautiful song that kind of builds on this promise. Yeah. Where Isaiah is kind of moving along and trying to, again, show some praise to God and uh, kind of a vignette of hope that that we see here. Again, referring back to uh, the children of Israel and their escape from Exodus. You know, this is a recurring theme that we see again and again is... You know, how God has saved Israel. Here they come back again. And uh, just so beautiful. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing here. I encourage you to do it. But I'll read um, a couple just really quick uh, excerpts. I will praise you, Lord. Surely God is my salvation. And the Lord will be my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So just this beautiful celebration of the heart uh, Isaiah 12 is just so so you know so we have different genres different kinds of scripture where we have chronicles we have different narratives and we have actual praise songs this was meant to be sung as a hymn of praise a song of praise to God and uh, just such a beautiful encouraging chapter 
um, and they're praising God. And, and the author points out not only that, but um, the author compares this mm-hmm. to Revelation chapter 15 with yeah. God's people at the very end of time who sing a song before the Lamb. I saw and that. I saw the, that. The, the parallels between this, obviously it's not all the same, but there there is the same idea praising the character of God the Lord as our God of salvation or my salvation. What a beautiful testimony. Amen. Amen. You know, and I think that can be a better way to end this, which is, you know, whose praises are you singing? Are you singing your own? Are you singing Ooh. the countries? Are you singing your churches? Yeah. Because we need to sing the praises of God. I like that, Buster. And I think that is uh, very, very apropos for the world we live in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of concerned that it's it's become too easy. Uh, so much of that's going on in politics in America to allow, and, and this is not a political statement. No. This is a statement of faith that we need to make sure that our faith transforms our politics Oof. rather than our politics transforming our faith. Yeah. And so we need to look as Adventists, as fellow Christians, what are the things that unite us? This lesson celebrates that, that there's gonna be a world in heaven that is post-politics, post-politics here on this earth that that we know of. And we need to make sure that we draw our attention and focus on the Lord God, the God of my, our salvation. There you go. You know, you know, Michael, I think that's a great segue because you Mm -hmm. said our salvation. Yeah. Uh, I recently took a worship and preaching class uh, Mm. for my doctoral program and it really stressed my mind. And he asked this question. He says, name any uh, really popular worship song that is truly worshiping God and not actually placing ourselves at the center. Yeah. You know, and and he he wasn't, he wasn't bashing all music or anything that like that, but he's like, you know, in a world that we live in that is so self-centered. Yeah. He's like, we're oftentimes bringing that into our worship experience as well. Sure. And when we talk about praising, uh, it's not about my God or, or you know, it's, it's about our God. It's about us worshiping corporately together mm-hmm. and placing Christ where he belongs, which is directly at the center of our lives. Beautiful. And not, not, not to say, Lord, this is what you can do for me. This is what I need you to do for me. God, I, 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 I. No, it's about you and it's about us. Yes. And if we get that back into our minds, that's where that's that's, that's the essence of worship. Mm-hmm. Centering on Christ, mm-hmm. rec- recognizing that by doing it the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap for this week. Amen. So this is Sue and Swoops signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.